Yes, now Samson said that we would be sharing about our trip to Nigeria, but it's tied directly to the book of Acts. Not that we went uh, 2,000 years ago, but uh, it's just, once again, I was just amazed at how God brought all the pieces together. That how I wanted to share from this passage tied directly to what we saw happen in Nigeria in our preparation to go. So we're continuing on with the book of Acts, even though we're reporting on something that happened just a month ago. Uh, Oh, it's been more than a month, hasn't it? It's like time keeps flying by. If you'll open your Bibles to Acts chapter 21, we're finally made it up to 21. It's taken now a year, over a year. We're continuing on through the book of Acts, and I will say we've only hit the highlights. Last week, Hessel made the statement in his message. He said at first it seemed like the passage was very much a historical and one that's not so dry, but once you began to dig into it, he's like, oh, there is so much there. And it's like, you have to pick. And I said, yeah, out of the 42 topics that there are in chapter 20, which uh, two or three do you get to focus on? Paul was given instruction to the leaders of the church in Ephesus. He made them travel at least two days just to get to meet with him. And he's giving his farewell speech in chapter 20, and he is giving them instructions in how to be a church leader, the practical side. If you believe God's leading you to be a church leader, you need to really do an analysis of Acts chapter 20 and Paul's speech to the church at Ephesus because it's lived out. How is leadership lived out? As we come into chapter 21, Paul is on his this uh, trip trying to make it into Jerusalem before the feast. And so let us read now, beginning in Acts chapter 21, verse 1 through verse 16. And when we had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. And having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we set, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come inside of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre. From there, the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days, and through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and we went on our journey, and they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city, and kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage, voyage uh, from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemus, and we greeted the brothers, and we stayed with them for one day. On the next day, we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. We, he had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. 
While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am, not, I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since we would, he would not be persuaded, we ceased to say, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. After these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of, of Manson of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we lodged. Heavenly Father, we've read your word together. It's an example of working today and yesterday, how you're the same God. You're leading us to work as the church worked 2,000 years ago, but you're also, Father, showing us how to continue on until that day of your return. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Now, quickly, I want to review the map. I got a little different map than the one that Hessel used. We've got a map here that, oop, I, I don't know if you can read it up there. I can't read it from back here from that one. He's trying to get to Jerusalem by one of the Jewish feasts. He, he's got a time that he's set, and he's on the way, and he's trying to make it. He's actually pushing very hard, and he, he ends up traveling, and he's having to connect with all of these people. So what we see Paul doing, Paul's team is connecting the, with the disciples in many different places. They're traveling, but they're going to see the disciples. They're working, they're coming to a new place. These are not churches that Paul planted. These are churches started by somebody else. And he is going in and they are connecting and they are meeting his needs and he is maybe teaching. We're not sure what all is happening. There's not a lot of detail other than we see the churches connecting with one another. What is happening, the local churches that are meeting in homes predominantly are connecting with the global church. What the, the churches that Paul has been starting are getting a connection through Paul and Paul's traveling so that they know all about each other. And if you read any of the epistles in the New Testament, those letters, they're always talking about how they pray or these people, they were so excited when they heard about this. And you can see how the church was connecting globally. With today's information, <laughs> uh, um, information, uh, technology and stuff, we, this information age, we, we don't think so much about that. But it wasn't easy for them to connect. They didn't have video conference to Ephesus. Paul had to make them travel a couple days to get to meet him. They're traveling days. They're staying overnight, a whole team of them. And they're, they're staying a week. And, and the churches are connecting. 
That's why I entitled the message actually connecting the whole church. It was connecting the local congregations to the entire body of Christ or to the greater church. And through the Holy Spirit, the disciples are sharing a word from God with each other. One, they're telling Paul not to go. Everyone is saying, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. But see, Paul's also giving testimony of his willingness to follow Christ even to his death. We don't know what else is happening. What we do know is that this they are communicating through the Holy Spirit, through God's sharing. And everyone is saying, don't go. That includes Paul's traveling companions. In verse 4, we see, um, and through the... That, um, that everyone was saying, in verse 4, it was everyone was saying, don't go. In verse 12, we see, and when we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. We see again in verse 14, and since he would not be persuaded, we, Luke is one of the we, Luke is telling Paul, everybody is telling you, don't go to Jerusalem. And Paul says, God's telling me to go. Now, Samson and I, we went through something similar on our experience to Nigeria. Um, If you go ahead and show the the first slideshow, (laughs) there's just a couple pictures of Samson and I. We are not photoshopped in. I know the colors looks like we are. We're not. There was a professional photographer out there. We were not photoshopped in. And people were saying, it's too dangerous. You can't go to Nigeria. The United States government is telling its non-essential personnel to leave the country. And we just kept praying and felt like God was saying, yes, we need to go. On top of that, God miraculously opened up the door. And he did things that, that we later found out, or for me at least, that it was God and God alone that was working. And so we went, even though most of the people were telling us not to go. Now, I will say I was profoundly affected by this trip. And for me to say that, understand, you know, you know, I was saved when I was 13. I'm 60. I've, I've had a little bit of experience with the Lord. My first mission trip, actually, I should say our first mission trip was in 1982. That was 40 years ago. I went on two mission trips that summer, summer of 82. We've had many trips. Some I went alone, some our family went, but we had many mission trips to many parts of the world. We actually sold our house and used the money to buy airplane tickets to move overseas in 1998. And only Roman can understand. <laughs> okay, there's maybe there's a few of you that can understand what that's like. You take your kids, you move overseas, and you have no money. That's just the way God works. <laughs> We became missionaries in 1999 with our organization. And even all those years, 
we've still made many short-term trips. This was actually my second trip to get to go to Africa. And we have gone and we've helped colleagues. We've done things. I mean, sometimes it's simple things like um, we, we refed a, a three-on-three street ball tournament in Krakow, Poland. <laughs> so we went to help colleagues and we've done all kinds of trips. And none of them. None of them, not even that first one we took 40 years ago, affected me like this trip has. Somehow, God moved in me with feelings, with something that I don't have words to explain. Pastor John has reassured me over and over, don't worry about not having the words now. It's going to come. It's kind of where I've had to step in and let Pastor John be my pastor to, to help me deal with what I'm experiencing because I don't know. It's something that's different. We were able to share a message of encouragement that God had shown me. See, the disciples in Nigeria, they are a bright and shining star before the world. Where else are they losing over 3,000 believers a year? And yet people are standing strong. For those of you who come from areas where it's persecution and it can be life or death to follow Jesus Christ, that you go to church in danger, you can relate to that feeling that I can't relate to. But what I do know is that God has counted these brothers and sisters of ours worthy to suffer for his name. God has lifted up the Nigerian believers before the world. And when I began to see what they went through, I felt so ashamed at the the weakness and the helplessness of so many of our churches in the Western world. Some say, are you the one, are you going to encourage the Nigerian churches? I wrote back and I said, no, they're encouraging me. They're not, I'm not able to tell them to stand strong. They're, They're showing me what I ought to be. And it's amazing because every single family in every one of the churches has been affected by violence and persecution. Every family in every church. And I realized that it's kind of like Job in the Bible. God has asked Satan, have you considered my servants in Nigeria? And of course, Satan comes back and says, oh yeah, but you, you start hurting their family and you'll see they'll turn their backs. And you know what? No. Talked to a guy who lost his brother, and he ached for the terrorist who killed his brother to come to know the joy of the Lord and to see redemption. Yes, there's hard feelings, there's difficult times, and there's been times where the Christians didn't act in love and patience, 
But overall, God has set an example before us. And who am I to go there and to say anything? And I felt so inadequate to even be there. Yet I do believe that we were able to give something to the churches. Each one, if you'll start the slideshow, this is the slideshow that some of the pictures are just going to run. We went for the purpose, and originally it was for the New Hope Bible Studies, part of Multiplying Hope. New Hope is the first set of Bible um, stories or Bible studies. We had 10 participants, all of them that had really experienced great trauma. And they learn the Bible studies or stories and it's for healing. And we tried to cram in, you know, two months of training into to four days. And it was tough. We kind of had to run all over. We had to go over into the fifth day a little bit. But um, God's working. And we see people and everyone there said they were blessed by it. They understand more. We actually have some that that are wanting to say, now I'm learning to be healed through the word of God. I want to help others do this. And and, uh, I'll share more about what we're doing for the next steps. But the purpose was, and, and the thing about new hope and multiplying hope, it's to get the whole church caring for the whole church. There's not enough pastors to go around. There's not enough pastors. There are not enough pastors where they can do one-on-one with everybody. So you begin to get in groups and you have someone that facilitates the study and you get the whole church caring for the whole church. Because if you don't have a whole church caring for the whole church, you don't have a biblical church. The church is taking care of one another. That is also a huge failure that we see in the Western churches. Getting the whole church caring for the whole church. We also had a day, a Saturday, with we. I was supposed to be teaching teachers in how to do Grain Game. And Grain Game is a Grain Game International. It's a now a mission organization. Uh, all volunteer, not even the CEO gets paid. But it ministers to kids 10 to 14 and predominantly through training others how to have a creative uh, ministry, experiential, the hands-on, having fun, learning through games. And we wanted about 10 or 15 kids, so it was small. And I really focus on the teachers and, and how do you apply this? And then pretty soon, maybe the group began to grow and Samson counted and we ended up with at least 84. <laughs> From 15 to 84, I kind of like that multiplication in a couple hours. <laughs> I didn't get to spend the time with the teachers that we wanted, but it was fascinating to see how God worked. And now I want to go back at the, I think that all the slides have gotten to run. Uh, the New Hope Bible studies, studies for trauma sufferers. I don't want to use the word victims for those who have experienced trauma. Uh, in our leadership meeting this month, we talked about it's time to start one. Uh, we want to start, it's going to be mid-January. We're looking at mid-January um, 
I'm not sure I put the hyphen in there. It should be mid-January with a hyphen. My mistake. Sorry, guys. Anyway, uh, more is going to be coming because I felt really bad. I'll go to Nigeria and help people down there, but am I doing what I should to help people here? <laughs> Hasn't everybody experienced hard times, tough times? experienced events where you struggle to get past them. And so we need that whole church caring for the whole church. And so that's coming up. Now I've asked Samson if he would come and share some of his thoughts regarding the trip. Thank you. I'm just going to take a step back. Uh, just the week uh, and days leading to uh, the trip to Nigeria. And I remember that the month before that, uh, everything was so calm back home. And we were just forging ahead that the trip was going smoothly and everything was fine. The, the security situation was really calm. But then a few weeks to our proposed travel date, we just started hearing of attacks uh, in different villages, and um, th that led to the U.S. government advisory to American citizens to to leave the country and and and, and not to travel. So it was really a, a difficult time, and I remember uh, it was your persistence or, or stubbornness, I would say, that, that 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 made it happen because I I practically gave up. I was willing to just shift uh, the trip uh, till after the elections. Uh, but thank you that you, you have a heart and a love for Nigeria. You, you insisted. And so we made a decision to be meeting daily and uh, in the evenings to pray and just basically say, uh, Lord, let your will be done. And although we saw the way God walked and moved uh, so many parts to make this happen. I was still very anxious for your safety. <laughs> and, 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 and I know those who know the Nigerian geography, uh, we, we arrived in Abuja, which is like in the middle of the country. And we had to fly back to the south, to the coast uh, in Lagos, about 750 kilometers just so that we, we would avoid traveling 250 kilometers to Jos by road, uh, which is like a dr the drive from here to, uh, to Budapest. But we, we didn't want to take too much uh, risk. And the scariest part of the whole trip was me and Gary sitting in a dark taxi in Lagos. And, 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 <laughs> I forgot about that one. Now, now... I, I, I lived in Lagos, and I've visited Lagos so many times, but I, I, almost every Nigerian has some kind of phobia for Lagos, for, for different kinds of things. And, and, and here we are sitting in a, in, in a dark taxi on a very dark street um, with a guy who doesn't know where he's taking us. And, and, and my heart was pounding. But Gary was so calm, almost like, encouraging me, look, if the Lord doesn't watch over the city, 
they stay awake in vain, those who watch over the city. And it, it's really getting to know to trust God completely, that, that if he sends you somewhere, he will protect you. And he would make sure that you complete the mission for which uh, you were sent. And so uh, during the first Sunday, we, we got to Jaws, got welcomed. You, you can see Gary and my sisters, uh, my, my um, five sisters. And, and uh, they, they fed him all kinds of things, and he, he, wouldn't re he wouldn't reject any Nigerian food. He had moi moi and, 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 and bean porridge and jollof rice, all kinds of things. Uh, they, they are so impressed, by the way, by your gastronomy, uh, all, the things that you, all the things that you can tolerate. <laughs> and, and, and so we got to judge, to judge uh, and we're very warmly received. Is uh, my mic on also? Here, I'll add some more to that. Here we go. We'll do side by side. There's a famous missionary prayer. Lord, I'll put it down if you'll keep it down. <laughs> but all the food was actually delicious. <laughs> no, uh, but really, the, the believers received us very warmly. Uh, we got all the support that we needed to, to do the training, uh, especially the New Hope training. Um, when I first, when Blessing and I first shared what was going on in Nigeria with you, uh, and you told me about multiplying hope, I knew it would help people, but I, I really didn't realize how much uh, of an impact it could make uh, until I sat through uh, all the sessions myself. Sometimes uh, those sessions were really very painful, although not only because of the stories, but also because I discovered how terrible my house is <laughs> and, and had to do translation for some of the sessions. But, translation he wasn't expecting to have to do. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, but really. He, he's, he, I think he did fine. He says of all the seven languages he speaks, Hausa is the least comfortable. So I've seen him, if I've seen you at your worst, you're doing great, brother. <laughs> Well, so, um, and then seeing you at the first uh, service, uh, encouraging the believers. This, this was during our first service uh, at Cochin Rayfield. And how you talked about Nigeria, seeing the star and Nigerian Christians representing uh, that. I got so many um, responses back after that service uh, from Christians, uh, fellow believers who was really touched and felt encouraged. And really, there, there have been two major feedback uh, from, from believers from this trip. The first one is immense gratitude. They are very grateful that you made so much sacrifice, and our, our young church sacrificed to send people to uh, Nigeria to encourage believers who are going through a tough time. But the second one, it really is the most touching for me. I, I, I don't know if you remember the, 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 the old woman who was uh, in the sessions, and, and she's in her 70s, has lost two of her sons, her, her only two sons, actually. She lost them to the terrorist attacks in one night. And, and she has a bunch of grandchildren she cannot take care of. She came, she's not very 
comfortable in Hausa. So she struggled a lot uh, during the sessions. But on the last day, I, 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 I called her and I said, Ngo. So Ngo is like the, the, the most respectful term you can call a woman in, in Biram language. It's like, it's literally what you call your mother. And I, I said, Ngo, um, what will you do next from this? And she said that her response is what really touched me. And, and, and that summarizes the feedback that I got all through the trip, that if we can come from, she, she said, Pom J, so that's like, like abroad, like overseas. If we can come from overseas, then she can go from her village to the next village. She would take the teaching that we brought. She would take it to the next village and start a group. And this will begin to multiply. And that's the whole essence. That, that God will use this little trip to multiply hope across Nigeria and hopefully across the world. And I know that, that, there are, uh, that this is not the end. This is only the beginning, that um, there will be plans to uh, further have such connections and interactions between our church and many other churches um, around the world in the future. So thank you very much, Pastor Gary, for the, the wonderful trip. About connecting Yes, yes. And, and this is, thank you for reminding me about this because um, while Gary was meeting um, the believers for the first time, for me, it, it was reconnecting with, with people, familiar faces and people that I know and who are living in situations that I'm very familiar with. And the, but the, the whole thing is how the, the emotions that came out from both Gary, my family, and I are just so identical and, and similar. We, we, it, it really shows that we're part of one body, that, that we get to, to feel what other believers are feeling, even though we are not walking in their shoes. Mm -hmm. and, and I really appreciate that. It was such a blessing to get to go. Samson had written in his notes some ideas. He said, here's something that I think, Samson, was probably the, one of the main things. It says, connecting means identifying with, that, with what fellow believers are going through, being with them in suffering and joy. I thought that kind of summed up so much. Um, something else... I hadn't planned on saying this. When first I met Samson, I thought to myself, this is a guy I wanted to work with side by side sometime. Um, we literally did. <laughs> we were sitting at the same table. And he gets my rambling English and turns it into Hausa or Birom. And we had people there that we had one guy that didn't speak English or Birom. Uh, he was Hausa, and we had the lady that didn't speak English and really didn't speak Hausa 
she could understand some. She spoke Birom, so there was a lot more translation that we hadn't expected. We are working on next steps. Um, this is something that I want the church to know. Currently, we're already in the process of translating materials because we've got materials that need to go into two different languages from English. And uh, it's the type of translation where it'd be translated into the target language by one person, one translator, then translated out of that language back into English by another translator to make sure the essence is coming through. And it's not a simple process, but that is currently in the works. We're working on video and audio resources because uh, the one lady, well... Just not everybody there gets to read, plus she had some eyesight problems, and uh, several people said even if we print it in normal print, they're not going to be able to read it. And so trying to deal with video, many of them do not have telephones that can do video, so we're working on audible resources. We're also building and working on some small business ideas, working with agriculture and gardening, uh, the faith gardening. It's part of Ascend Relief. It's called, it stands for Food Always in the Home, working with that. But also uh, when we had the Master's Gardeners program, we we're getting that started. Carolyn and I chose to work more on small space gardening, container gardening, which is something that we're working on there. Fish farming, uh, yeah, that's a real thing. There's another organization that makes tanks to raise fish in. The fish eat the food. They do their thing in the water. The water trickles into gardens that are through um, hydroponics. Then it comes back down. It's pumped back up. So the plants actually filter the water. They use the fertilizer out of the water. Um, we're working on that, and we have like a kabillion other ideas. I mean, Carolyn said, this is the my hard part for today is trying to keep it short because every time I talk about it, there's a thousand different things that starts coming out of my mouth regarding the possibilities. Another possibility is the next, tri next trip. Uh, I'm choking on those words because I don't know how in the world God's going to bring it together. We hope it's not just two people next trip. Uh, we're looking to see, looking next spring, April, May, kind of in that area, no definite plans. But that's part of what's happening. What I find so amazing is how it parallels how Paul was traveling and connecting with people he didn't know, believers, and they were really connecting. And then I go down there and I connected in such a special way. Now, this message is not one like it's not an evangelistic type message, but I think there should be a call to action. Uh, because if we just read the word of God, hear it and don't do something, then what good have we really done? And so I want to ask you, we see how Paul connected when traveling. We've shared a little about how we connected or Samson reconnecting with family, but how should you be connecting with disciples in other areas?
How should you be doing that? What relationships are already in your life to help you connect with people that live somewhere else? How are you connecting with the believers or connecting to be able to share even in your own dormitory or apartment building? And where you are connecting, how can you connect on a deeper spiritual level? Because it was through the Holy Spirit that the believers were giving a message to Paul, and Paul was saying, I'm standing strong, I'm still going no matter what. And they were, it was that, a connection to where the people were weeping when they had to leave Paul. You stay a week, and the, they bring the whole family. It's not just the men of the church. It's not a couple. The whole church is accompanying Paul down to the beach, and they get down on their knees on the beach, and they pray. They connected on a very deep level in a very short time. which has happened to me and some of the people in Nigeria. And I want to ask you, how can you connect on a deeper spiritual level with the other disciples that you're in contact with? Whether you're going to see them a lot or see them rarely, how are you connecting Those are questions that's more food for thought. If you have an answer, we'd love to hear it. If you have an answer you want to share, we would love to hear it. In fact, I want to make that as part of our invitation. As we're going to the invitation, I'm going to start, though, by asking about your personal spiritual walk because are you truly connected to the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. See, it was the Holy Spirit that's bringing these churches together. Well, maybe you're feeling a lack of connection because you're not really connected. It's the Holy Spirit working in you. Have you come to the point where you're born again and you've made that decision that I will follow, as we sang about earlier, that you're going to follow no matter what, no matter where, no matter when. And I also want to ask, do you need to connect to this church? There's some that you're coming, but you're not really feeling the connection. And there's part of it that makes me wonder, have you really committed and say, yeah, this is my church. I want to connect with this church.